You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. It's Pentecost Sunday. And this past week, we've watched Pentecost happen in multiple locations. The video just gave you a few, whether it was youth convention, where we had two young people from our church filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. I thank God for that. And the outpouring of the Holy Ghost as we were in Zambia, and that happened at the it's hard to believe that within the last week we've been to Zambia, <laughs> but it's, um, it happened last Wednesday and got there Friday and preached Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and got on the plane Monday and got back home on Wednesday. But fire is happening. Pentecost fire is happening not only in Fredericton at Youth Convention. It's happening in the country of Zambia and Africa. And fire, the Holy Ghost fire can happen in this service this morning. Amen. So I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord for Pentecost Sunday today. Amen. Amen. When you talk about Pentecost, amen, it, uh, it's something that took place, obviously, in the beginning over 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts chapter 2. It was an upper room experience that happened that wasn't some type of just a, a fluke or some type of just one special event, but it was a power of the Spirit of God that was poured out not just that day, but has been being poured out since. I'm thankful, amen, in March of 1976 that God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. The Spirit of God filling my life across this audience this morning and watching and listening online there are many that have had that upper room experience and listen God isn't done pouring out his spirit he's just getting started of what end time revival is going to be like did it ever occur to Peter even uh, years after the upper room that that Pentecostal experience would be optional or that Christianity would someday try to uh, be divided into people who, who thought they needed it and people who didn't think they needed it and people who thought you could have it and people who thought you couldn't have it. Peter never, ever, ever thought that on the day of Pentecost. He made it very clear. This promise is for you and for your children and for all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Martin Luther did not envision a Protestant church, but a biblical one. John Wesley didn't hope to create a Methodist church in England, but a spiritual renewal. Bible college students in Topeka and Azusa Street didn't envision some type of a denomination, but an empowered 
church. And today, I'm not interested in just having church. I'm interested in an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like it did in the book of Acts, like it did in Topeka, Kansas, like it did in Azusa Street 120 years ago, and how it did in last weekend at Youth Convention, and how it was last week in Zambia. No different. The same spirit being poured upon hungry people. God is still in the Holy Ghost business. What did he have in mind uh, when he started the church in Acts chapter 2? It wasn't going to be just for a few years, just for a certain group, just for a certain qualified club. No, he's not interested in some type of club. He's interested in everybody that is hungry to receive the power of the Spirit of God into their life. And so in Acts chapter 2 and verse 12, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words. For these uh, are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. And this morning I want to talk about uh, this is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And, and it shall come to pass, he said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is that. What is this and what is that? Well, when you look at Pentecost, it simply means 50, seven weeks plus one day. It commemorated the end of the wheat harvest and the giving of the law. And you can go back and you can read about this time period in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 17. And ye shall bring it out of your habitation, two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. And they are the first fruits unto the Lord. This is the beginning of the Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost. And they were going to take two loaves and wave them as an offering unto the Lord. The book of Hebrews, which is a continuation, really, of the book of Leviticus, only the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and into their minds will I write them. See, on Pentecost, the priest waved two loaves. The aroma filled the streets. And the people got hungry. Now, I don't know what it does to you, homemade bread. But I know what it does to me. I've got some people that bring me bread, fresh bread. And, oh, it's tasty. 
And you just bring that bread into the house and it just fills the house with the smell of fresh baked bread. Can you sense it even as I speak? My wife gets out, makes these sweet rolls. A pan of those last no time. Don't even make just one pan if people are coming over. Because that will not be enough. I've also got my little spot at Cochran's. They make good rolls. Fresh each morning. Really only good for a day. But they are good for a day. Does it affect you? Oh, let me tell you, homemade bread and a nice little spread of peanut butter. That'll affect you in a hurry. A nice fresh slice of bread and a good thick coat of molasses. See, this is what was happening. You can imagine when they came into the streets with these two loaves. The aroma filled the streets and people got hungry. Day of Pentecost, 120 loaves were fresh from God's upper room. And the bakery of 120 loaves filled the streets. And all of a sudden, the people got hungry. And Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. And he gets their attention. And their question is, what meaneth this? How is this possible? What is it that happened to you guys? What is it that changed you in such a fashion? And Peter's response was he went back to the book of Joel. And Joel had prophesied that this was going to happen. And he said, this is that. See, Peter, he quoted King David, who spoke prophetically to say that Pentecost will affect your heart, your tongue, and your body. Acts 2, chapter, chapter 2 and verse 26, Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. See, the power of His Spirit affects your heart, your tongue, and your Life. That's why verse 12 says they were all amazed. Some doubted and some mocked. Do you know what? These are really still the standard responses in 2023. Nothing has changed. Some, some are still amazed about it. Some are still wondering about it, doubting it. And some are still mocking it. The responses really hasn't changed. So what meaneth this? This is that. What are you seeking? What you're seeking is what Joel prophesied. Truth doesn't come out of experience. Experience comes out of truth. See, every this must have a that. That is the word of God. And out of that 
comes to this. And when Peter is speaking, he's speaking prophetically of what has already been prophetically spoken of in Joel chapter 2. And Joel said, afterwards, God's going to pour out his spirit. And Peter goes back to those verses. And Joel said that God's spirit would be poured out. And it was Peter who connected the dots of that prophecy of Joel chapter 2 until Acts chapter 2. And 120 people who were just like fresh baked loaves came out into the streets. And all of a sudden it got everyone's attention. See, Joel said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream dreams, and your old, or your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Peter was the one who was connecting the dots from there. Acts. He also connected the dots from Isaiah. Isaiah said in chapter 28, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And Peter takes the the verses from Joel and he takes the verses from Isaiah and he said, this is that. This is that. He's getting their attention see this is the speaking in another language speaking in tongues this speaking in tongues is that the outpouring of God's spirit and what has happened is when it started in Acts chapter 2 it will continue until the coming of the Lord don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't have it You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. Don't let anyone ever tell you that it's not for you. Let me tell you, everybody, this promise is to you and to your children and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It does not matter who reads that verse. It fits them. See, the church and its doctrines did not produce Pentecost. Pentecost produced the church and its doctrines. It was not merely the preaching of the apostles that brought down power from on high. Rather, men full of the Holy Ghost that spent the rest of their lives trying to explain, articulate, and invite others to experience that very power of God that was given. They were not just mere Pentecostal apologists that were trying to defend some creed or or whatever. No, this was, this is that. Don't get me wrong this morning. Doctrine is good. We're admonished to preach sound doctrine. But there are whole churches and denominations that are sinking in despair because the power of the Spirit has been removed from their church. You can have all the programs and you can have all the things in order. You can have perfect music and you can have perfect talent. You can have it all, but if you don't have a moving of the power of the Holy Ghost, it's empty. And there's a fear in denominations across our world 
that they're afraid it's going to offend somebody. It's going to upset somebody. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost will not upset you. It will not offend you. The power of His Spirit is what will change you. Don't allow yourself, your family, or where you attend church to lose the power of the this is that. Because the this is that is what changed my life. It's what changed your life. It's what will change your life this morning. Pentecostal preaching of doctrine may ensure that we believe in the Holy Ghost. But Pentecostal preaching of spiritual hunger will ensure that you will desire to receive the Holy Ghost. It will not be enough for you just to know that there is such a thing. You have the ability this morning to receive that this is that. Huh. In Acts chapter 19 at Ephesus, Paul didn't ask, do you believe there is a Holy Spirit? That's not what he said. They could have answered that right. Yeah, we believe that. But he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit since ye believed? And then they responded with, we have not so much as heard whether there is such a thing. And his question then was, well, then how are you baptized? And they responded unto John's baptism. And, of course, that was not enough. And so there's a rebaptizing of all of John's disciples that were there. The Bible says there was 12 of them. And then they laid hands on them, and they received the power of the Holy Ghost. What is that all saying this morning? Well, everybody in this room, everybody that's watching or listening online, we have the opportunity to receive the same thing today. If you've not repented of your sins, today's a great day to do that. You don't do it to me or to anybody else. You reach out to an almighty God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I need you to forgive me of my past. I need you to forgive me, God, of everything that's in my life that's contrary to your word. Everything, God, that goes against you. God, I need your forgiveness today. And then open up your heart and let God fill you with the the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. It'll cause you to want to be baptized in the precious name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, let me tell you, the water's ready. You can be baptized today in the name of Jesus. Just like Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Pentecostal preaching of doctrine that will cause you to believe but a spiritual hunger will cause you to receive a believed in Pentecost is good but a received Pentecost will turn your life into what God wants it to be see what it did 
in Acts chapter 2 is it turned the world upside down. That's what the Bible says. You don't receive the Holy Ghost through your head, but through your heart. You've got to be hungry for it. And what happens sometimes, people try to figure it out. If you can figure it out, it's probably not God. The Spirit of God is the very presence of God. He's not sending a diluted version, a watered-down version. No, no, he's not sending some miniature part of it to you. No, the very presence of God is taking up residence in your heart. Folks, that's what makes you different. That's what makes a child of God different. That's what changes your life. I'm thankful for repentance. And I'm thankful for the cleansing of sin and baptism. But I wouldn't want to live one day without the infilling of the power of the Holy Ghost that fills a life of His presence and Spirit. And so I encourage you today, if you've not experienced that, that power of God, that this is that, then today's the day. Today's the day for you to experience it. No better day than the day of Pentecost. You can, you can look at how it's shown to us through Scripture. Ezekiel 47 Verse 1, afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. They brought me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way with, uh, without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth, Eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to my ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to my knees. And again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through and the waters were to my loins. And afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen. Waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. God brought Ezekiel. To a door with water coming out. This is a vision. Ezekiel had been at this door before, but he didn't open it. And Ezekiel was brought to the brink of this mighty river. And this is a representation of us. And so you can see this being filled out or revealed throughout the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, you can see that door was opened. And the water of the power of his spirit began to flow. In Acts chapter 3, you can see the water to the ankles when the lame, lame man is healed. In Acts chapter 4, the water's to the knees. There's a prayer meeting and the house is shaken. In Acts chapter 4, the water's to the loins. There's a number of disciples that are multiplied. But by Acts chapter 6, there's waters to swim in because everyone is in a line for Working with God, working with God, working for God, becoming a minister. This whole representation of his spirit is he doesn't have it just for a few. 
And it's not just a one-time deal. No, he's got, he's got the power of his spirit for everyone for the rest of your life. Waters for you to swim in. Waters for you to launch out into the deep. Waters that will be available for you. What, what is this analogy that's being given? Well, it, if you wanted to explain it in modern day terms, it's someone who says, I'm going to open my heart to the presence of God. And all of a sudden, they start to walk through that door, and God starts to lead them. And within a very short period of time, if they're open to it, God will let His Spirit fill their life. And when God's Spirit fills your life, your life is changed forever. People get a little nervous about that because they think that they're going to be a different person. Oh, your personality is going to be the same. But maybe, maybe the things you do won't be quite the same. And maybe the way you talk won't be quite the same. And maybe your actions won't be quite the same. Amen. There's a, a joy that fills your life. Hallelujah. A joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's hard to explain. Amen. It puts a smile upon your face in the most difficult situations and circumstances. It gives you, hallelujah, a comforting hand in the middle of the night when no one else is around. It will become your direction when you need direction. It will be your power to witness. It will give you strength when you're down. It will pick you up when you're feeling low the power of the spirit of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus this is that Isaiah writes and he says this chapter 12 therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation and Jesus takes it a little farther in chapter 7 of John, the last day, the great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, his life, shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. He's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. And so for thousands of years, Pentecost has been in Hebrew theology. And they would quote it. But they had not experienced it. And all of a sudden, they're getting ready for the upper room experience. And Jesus is saying, listen, there's a water that you can have that you'll never thirst again. There's a water that you can have in your life that will flow out of your life like a river of living water. Jesus is preparing them for an experience that's been prophesied by Joel, prophesied by Isaiah, prophesied by Ezekiel. Habakkuk 1 and 5, Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. Uh, Paul, Paul quotes that very verse in Acts chapter 13. He's reminding them, listen, 
what God has in store for you, it's hard for us to even comprehend. I feel in the power of the Holy Ghost this morning that there are those who may have questions in their mind of whether you qualify. Well, I'm here to tell you, you qualify. I'm here to tell you that it's for you. I'm here to tell you that you can't earn it and you can't buy it. You just receive it. It's the power of His Spirit. It gives you life. Not just life, but life more abundantly. Everyone in here this morning is alive. I mean, we got a defibrillator at the back, but we don't want to have to use it. Everyone's alive. Okay? But I'm talking about life that's more than being alive. I'm talking about life that gives you a reason to get up in the morning, to go about your day, no matter what the circumstances that you're facing today or tomorrow or next week or a month from now, the power of the Spirit will give you what you need, amen, to get you through all of that. Now, I'm just talking about the Spirit with you here on earth. But Jesus put it into Paul's spirit. Paul wrote this, if the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal bodies. Something, folks, it's not just for here, but it's also a quickening that will happen in your life that where he is, there you may be also. This is that. This, the power of speaking in a heavenly language. Is that the outpouring of His Spirit? Use it, come. You say, well, preacher, that was back in Acts chapter 2. And, and uh, it was much different then than it is today. Actually, not really. History tells us that 90% of the population in Jesus' day was committing adultery. 70% of the population was addicted. 50% of the population was enslaved to the other 50%. It was a rough day when the Holy Ghost was poured out. So don't let that be an excuse today. Well, today's a different day. No, it's not a different day, just different people. We, we, we have more knowledge of what's happening today because of media. But it was no better then than it is now. And just in case you might think that, the Bible gives us scripture to take care of that. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound so this is Pentecost Sunday 
And so I'm going to make a plea this morning. Nothing that pastor can do. Nothing that anyone else in this church can do. But if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue, today is a great day for you to reach out to God and receive it. Now, I'll, let, let, me, let me assure you. Sometimes people get nervous about lots of people. Listen, pastor will protect you. There'll be no one pushing you around and hollering in your ear, spitting on you and all that stuff. Pastor will protect you because there doesn't even have to be anyone praying with you for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The power of God's Spirit is a gift. He can pour it out upon you just as you reach out to Him. So I'm making a plea this morning. Stand if you would. I'm making a plea today that if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you would like to today, then I'm asking you to come. And I'll stand with you right here. I'm asking you to come. And we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over you. But if you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today's the day. I'm not going to. I don't believe you have to force people. Listen, if I took a $100 bill out of my pocket, I don't have my wallets in the office. Just so in case anyone's thinking. If I took a $100 bill out of my pocket and I held it here and I said, whoever wants a gift, there would be some that would be maybe afraid. You'd stay in your seats. But I can guarantee you, there'd be a few, probably both of my son-in-laws, they'd probably be up here. Some people might even jump over a pew to get there to get that $100. And let me tell you, that $100 gift is not even a drop in the bucket compared to the power of the Spirit of God. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.